This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. This is the tailgate. We get you ready for kickoff between Oklahoma and TCU. Kickoff set for 4 o'clock on Saturday. We'll be on the air on the Sooner Radio Network at 2 p.m. Toby, the coach, Teddy, and myself to get you ready for a series, a rivalry, if you will, that has become pretty hotly contested. Great games, tight games. The incredible finish last year here in Norman with Stephen Parker the second breaking up the pass to the end zone after the Baker Mayfield injury. The winner of this game has earned at least a share of the Big 12 title three of the last four years. Pretty phenomenal numbers. So we'll go in-depth on what to expect from TCU coming up here in just a bit with Horn Frogs beat writer Jimmy Birch. We'll learn a little bit more about Kenny Hill. We'll talk a little bit about Aaron Curry. These are the challenges the Sooners will face on Saturday from a staunch TCU defense. And we'll go in-depth on how Oklahoma handled the bye week after the tough loss to Ohio State with Mark Andrews, who will join us coming up here in just a bit. But as always, we appreciate all of you who have downloaded the podcast. Of course, we have tons of information on Soonersports.tv slash podcast, including the refresher, which is every Monday morning and recaps the entire weekend of Sooner Action. You can get all that information online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Later on in this show, we look beyond just the gridiron. We'll talk to Sooner soccer coach Matt Potter as Oklahoma has won seven straight matches. You'll hear from Lon Kruger as well as Jessica Cootie sits down with the head basketball coach. Big news out of Sooner basketball camp as Oklahoma has sold out season tickets for the students yet again in less than 24 hours. As always, the Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you in part by Allstate and by the Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, top-name concerts, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Gary Patterson said in his press conference this week that TCU has quite a challenge on their hands to prepare for the Oklahoma size at receiver. In fact, the TCU coach used tight end Cole Hunt and safety Ennis Gaines, two of the taller players on the TCU roster, against the starting defense to help prepare the Horned Frogs for the size that Mark Andrews and Didi Westbrook will provide for the Sooners on Saturday. Interestingly enough, we caught up with Mark Andrews and asked him how the bye week went for the Sooners. Um, you know, the week off is great, um, but we had a really great week of practice last week, and um, we were able to get into TCU's things. And uh, you know, I thought the morale of everyone was was really up tempo, and um, you know, I think that you know we're going to be we're good going into this game. How important was it? You feel like for you personally to set a tone as a leader, and hey, we're we're not going anywhere. We still have a lot of goals in front of us. Yeah, like I said before, you know, uh, you know, this last week was one of the best weeks of practice that we've had, and you know, and there was no game in front of that. You know, there's really no motivation for us to have that. So, you know, just us, you know, having that, you know, uh, you know, type of attitude um, to take on, um, you know, being one and two, and, and still having still having a great attitude is just you know showing what our team's all about. Have you seen that energy and that commitment from your teammates this week? For sure, um, you know, uh, you know, last Thursday was one of the best practices we had. Um, you know, everyone was flying around, excited, and you know, that's something that you know says a lot about this team. You know, and what does it say about that team in general to kind of rally and get together? Because never easy to overcome adversity, especially whenever you know the disappointment happens at home. But it sounds like Mark, you've seen that commitment not just from yourself, obviously, but from your teammates as well too to bounce back. 
Yeah, I think that you know people aren't you know go too down. Um, obviously, we're not happy about being one and two, um, but you know there's a long season ahead of us. You know, a lot of Big Twelve play ahead of us. You know, one of our goals was to win the Big Twelve championship, and that's right in front of us. Was it a good week for a bye week for you guys? For sure. Yeah, I think you know it's just getting getting time you know off. You know, there's people banged up, um, so just having that time off for people to get back and, and get in the swing of things will be good for us for sure. Obviously, getting guys healthy is one thing, but also to be able to get a little bit more practice and work on a few things, was that a key, kind of getting back to fundamentals this week? Yeah, you know, it's a big thing for us. You know, we're, we're pretty close on a lot of things out there, and um, we've done a lot of good things, and um, just for us to be able to work on those little things will be, will be big for us in, in getting the thing rolling. So how'd you spend your Saturday off? What'd you do? Uh, just hung out. Um, hung out in Norman and, uh, you know, from my, my roommates and, and just relaxed. How important is it? You know, we, we talk a lot about nutrition and the commitment to your body and how things have changed. But to get that rest, is it hard to kind of unplug and say, hey, my body needs to kind of relax a little bit here? Uh, I think when you get that rest, it's kind of easy. You know, you just kind of sit back and relax and enjoy it and take it in. And, um, you know, you really just, you know, kind of, you know, sit back and relax. All right, final thought. What have you seen from Baker this week in the way that he's kind of handled this adversity and stepped up as a captain? Uh, Baker's a tough guy. Um, so, you know, he, he came out there this week with a, with a great attitude and um, was vocal, um, let everybody know that it's not, you know, it's not the end of us. And um, so he's done a great job of, you know, being vocal and being that leader um, for all of us to look up to. So Mark Andrews, obviously his confidence level is high as Oklahoma looks to continue to do something that's been a trait of the Bob Stoops era which is bounce back from losses with a win. In fact, Bob Stoops hasn't lost back-to-back games in the regular season since his first year here in 1999. And equally as impressive to me was the run that the Sooners have had on the road. They have won seven straight true road games, including all five true road games last year, winning at Tennessee, at Kansas State, and Kansas, Baylor, and of course, Oklahoma State, both Baylor and Oklahoma State, were in the top 10 when the Sooners picked up those wins last year. So what kind of challenge will the Sooners be facing in the TCU Horn Frogs? We went, as we like to say on the Sooner Radio Network, behind enemy lines to catch up with Fort Worth Star-Telegram beat writer Jimmy Birch. It started by asking Jimmy just an overall thought, a scouting report on what he's seen from TCU and what's kind of stood out to him with the Horn Frogs. Um, they've gotten better in each game, I guess, is what uh, has stood out. You know, they were pretty uh, error-prone and ragged in their opener against a better-than-you'd-think FCS school in South Dakota State, got by with that, uh, beat themselves with turnovers and dumb mistakes against Arkansas, and uh have improved against Iowa State and SMU. Now, they haven't played the Monsters of Midway, obviously. They haven't been played anybody of the level of the two teams Oklahoma has lost to yet. But Arkansas is a pretty good football team. And uh, they had the, uh, had that game turned, and uh, you would have thought one, if not for a litany of uh, lunkheadedness in the last uh, two minutes. Um, hard to know. I mean, they're... You know, TCU and Oklahoma are kind of similar. You know, they're uh, very explosive on offense, not uh, living up to their past laurels on defense and uh, not getting enough turnovers, either one of them. 
You know, Jimmy, it's interesting to look at the history of TCU offensively because, and, and I think it maybe started to turn when Justin Fuente was there with Gary mm-hmm. Patterson. But the, the the knock on TCU was always, man, they've got the defense, they've just never had the offense. And now since this combination of Sonny Cumbie mm-hmm. and Doug Meacham have taken over, they've had, without a doubt, one of the best offenses we've seen, not just in the Big 12, but in the country the last three seasons. What kind of triggered that decision for Gary Patterson to go that direction with his offense? Uh, the 4-8 and eight record the year before and the fact that they were tedious and boring and awful to watch. And, uh, he, you know, he realized that he uh, he couldn't win games 20-17 to 17 in this league anymore. He needed to uh, embrace the idea of winning games 35-34 to 34 and quit worrying about leading the nation in total defense, scoring defense, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, to his credit, he flat has gotten out of the way. He went and hired people that could help him, put them in power, and hasn't meddled with them. I mean, you know, unlike uh, you know what Charlie Strong at Texas, uh, they could have done this. Uh, you know, they're they're seeing an offensive renewal this year, but you know, a year ago Charlie should have done the same thing, but he tried to uh, keep things going with his existing offensive coordinator and led to a second. Uh, really dismal offensive season in Austin. I mean, TCU, you know, Gary took the full medicine in one off season and, uh, and turned it around immediately because he got the right people in that uh, could do what he wanted uh, done immediately. It sounds more and more like Kevontae Turpin won't be back for this game, but it looks like they've had a nice replacement in Kyle Hicks and then maybe even a little bit of Desmond mm-hmm. White. How much uh, different is Hicks, say, than a Turpin? How much of a different kind of vibe do you get from a White than what we would typically see for what, from what we've known and have seen from Turpin, Jimmy? Uh, as a return guy, Des White is uh, pretty similar to Cavante Turpin, just not quite as elusive. Um, you know, Hicks is he, he's solid as a returner. He's better as a running back. Uh, or receiver in the field offense. But, uh, um, you know, White, I think, and, uh, you know, on kickoff returns, I think you'll see Deontay Gray uh, handle those. But uh, White was really good against SMU. That was the uh, best game he's had at TCU. And he was a phenomenal player in high school at DeSoto in open field situations and undersized high school quarterback that uh, went under-recruited because he isn't very tall. But uh, I don't think there's a tremendous drop-off from Turpin to uh, Des White in terms of uh, open field threat comparable to Joe Mixon. Why has this team struggled when it comes to committing penalties? And I don't, I don't like to make mm. broad claims, Jimmy. Like it's, uh, it's an undisciplined mm. team. I don't, I don't know if that's fair, yeah. but I know that. I, I know Gary Patterson was concerned about the emotion and the energy of this team. Does it get too amped? Is it, is it mental mistakes? Is it out of position mistakes? What's been the issue with penalties for this team? That's a good question. I, I think all that factors in. I don't think Gary, hundred percent, knows. Um, uh, they had, Aviante Collins had three of the holding calls last week against SMU, and that was the one guy he mentioned Tuesday that kind of needs to uh, tamp down his emotion and, and not uh, get too worked get worked up on the field. Um, they're not the deepest team. They've had 
you know, in, in the lines. I mean, everybody has injuries. Uh, but, there, you know, there were some youth on uh, both sides of the ball there um, that has come into play to some degree. But uh, there's been too, there's just been too many, uh, you know, false start procedure penalties, et cetera. Um, you know, new quarterback, perhaps. Part of an issue there, the long and short is, I don't think anybody knows 100% because it's not uh, the same thing over and over again, although they seem to get, you know, a lot of holding, chop block, you know, those type of penalties. Jimmy, how impressed have you been with Aaron Curry, the Nebraska transfer, son of a former OU Hoops player? Uh, two and a half sacks this year, leads the Big 12 defensive lineman with 17 tackles. This team's been great at getting after the quarterback, but – I mean, with Aaron Curry and that push he's getting on the interior, it's uh, it's been something else to watch. That's uh, that's made a big difference for this team. That's kind of steadily increased as the years gone along. Uh, you know, other defensive tackles have kind of joined the fray with Curry now on the inside, and uh, that was a pretty good looking defense against SMU. I mean, the two keywords in that sentence are against SMU, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if the Mustangs are as helpless and hopeless this year as uh, they were the last two. You know, time will tell. Um, you know, they're they're still fighting through a quarterback change. Their starter got hurt earlier in the year. They're playing a, a highly regarded freshman who hasn't quite found his bearings yet. But their defense is a heck of a lot better. Um, still, I uh, you know, Aaron Curry's been quite impressive. Uh, and the defense is making strides, and you know, without question, only giving up three points last uh, week to SMU was the high water mark uh, defensively. The last time they held anybody without a touchdown was in the uh, bowl game against Ole Miss at the end of the uh, 2014 season. I've covered the American Athletic Conference enough to know that Chad Morris is a pretty good offensive coach, and if you hold any of his teams sure without a touchdown, you've done a whale of a job. Hey, I'll let you go on this, Jimmy. The winner of this game has earned at least a share of the Big 12 title three of the last four years. They always play fun games. Right. They play entertaining games. Obviously, Oklahoma, not where they wanted to be at one and two, but as you've started to scout and look at Oklahoma, what stood out about the Sooners? What's kind of caught your eye with this team this year? Um, I have been a bit surprised that, um, you know, you know, obviously the turnover margin, they're minus three. Right. They're just, they have, don't have an interception yet. They typically have had a lot of ball hawks in the secondary. I think their offense is got a lot of talented players. They don't seem to finish drives as well as I, as I thought they would. Now, you know, I also watched the two games they lost to top ten teams, and those defenses are going to stop more drives than a lot of other people. And uh, for whatever reason, I, you know, Baker Mayfield doesn't seem – he seems a little more bothered by pressure. Again, maybe that's yeah. the result of uh, who's bringing the pressure. He probably wasn't very bothered in that second game against uh, – what Louisiana Monroe? I guess is that who yeah. they played. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, you're right. That, those things, those things. I mean, I think this is a total coin flip uh, proposition, and uh, you know, it, it you know, kind of like the whole league. I mean, I think this league's wide open. I don't think we're going to have a playoff team, but I think 
eight teams, at least today, should feel like, hey, we got a shot at this. I mean, everybody but Iowa State and Kansas should look at what's happened in September and say, geez, why not us? You know, the the teams we thought were going to be good are leaving the door ajar. Let's go get it. Great stuff from Jimmy Birch. Oklahoma TCU, Saturday, 4 o'clock, 2 o'clock on the pregame show. Uh, just a couple of quick background notes on this series. Oklahoma won last year here in Norman, but as we mentioned, it's been an incredibly tight series. The Sooners are 10-5 and all-time against TCU, but only one of those losses has actually come in Fort Worth. The Sooners are 5-1 and at TCU with that lone defeat coming two years ago in that wild 37-33 win for TCU. Surprisingly, the Horn Frogs have a 500 record in Norman. They're four and four against Oklahoma, and one and zero in OKC. That's from way back in the day. Under Bob Stoops, the Sooners have won four of the six matchups. They are one and one in Fort Worth. Still, that incredible finish resonates from last year. Stephen Parker knocking down Brom Colehausen's uh, pass and injured Samaj P. Ryan taking it 70 yards to the house. Oklahoma and TCU, little different look from the Horn Frogs as we talked about with Texas A&M transfer quarterback Kenny Hill leading their passing attack. And this team gets after the quarterbacks. 14 sacks this season. That is tied for 14th in the country, leads the Big 12, and a familiar name, Aaron Curry. That might sound familiar to OU basketball fans. The son of former Sooner basketball standout Aaron Curry, the Nebraska transfer. This Aaron Curry has two and a half sacks and leads Big 12 defensive lineman with 17 tackles. It's Oklahoma. It's TCU. It should be a blast. Look forward to bringing it to you this weekend on the Sooner Radio Network. <laughs> now, without a doubt, the hottest team on campus is the OU women's soccer team. They've got a tough one in Ames against Iowa State and then a challenging road trip against West Virginia out in Morgantown. I had a chance to catch up this week with head coach Matt Potter, and obviously he's excited about where this team is, but knows they have a long way to go in the season well we had a wonderful weekend for sure and um long may it continue (laughs) what what have you seen as really uh keying this run for the team because i mean i i i remember hearing your your uh, conversation or at least reading the conversation after utah valley and then going on the road and playing a very tough match against virginia was there something that clicked after that coach or has this just been a team that needed some time to gel well, a combination of all factors, I think. You know, the road trip was definitely a long, long, long time on the road, but uh, it kind of galvanized the group. Um, we saw that we could compete against one of the nation's top teams in Virginia. Uh, we saw some good things from that game, even though the scoreline didn't reflect that. So it was then about, you know, really just honing in on us and playing in the manner that we know how to play. But this this weekend we saw a kind of steeliness, a toughness to us that maybe has been not necessarily lacking, but we just hadn't seen enough of. So this weekend was particularly pleasing because it was almost like the final puzzle piece went into place. In three of your last four matches, you've fallen behind and still found a way to win. I think it's also happened a couple of other times this season. Coach Potter, what does that say to you about this team that even when falling behind, they 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 don't fall into disarray? They don't allow themselves to get down. What does it say about this team's mentality that they're able to overcome despite some early obstacles? Well, I just don't think they like their coaching staff. You know, because... Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> they want to stress you out. They're giving us a heart attack. <laughs> but, uh, no, um, you know, I, I think it speaks to their character. They're, they're, they're a great group of young women that are uh, very much galvanized as a group, and they, they don't know when they're done. So it's a great quality to have, and you know, I think that kind of harmony, if you like, between the group allows them to want to compete for each other and give that little bit extra. You know, going a goal down seems to motivate them, but um, it's a really pleasing quality. But obviously, in terms of the game management, we would obviously maybe like to do it a different way. You know, there's there's been so much coverage and publicity on someone like Liz Keister, and understandably so with the great road uh, road trip that she had. Uh, obviously, you have an incredible leadership. But I don't hear enough about Cassidy Stady, Coach. I mean, she's been phenomenal in the net. And, yes, I know it helps a lot whenever you only have to make two saves and the defense did a great job on Friday night against TCU. But she was peppered and challenged against Texas and did a great job. How uh, Can you kind of just see that coming of age with Stady and her confidence growing every time she's in the net? Well, without question, Cassidy Stady is a talented goalkeeper in her own right and a talented player. I mean, the senior leadership we have, you've hit on something there. We've, we've definitely got great leadership. Uh, I find myself working hard and working more but saying less, and that's credit to them. But Cassidy Stady kind of epitomizes that. She's She's got great great balance and, you know, emotional stability. You know, sometimes we have to check her for a pulse, but... Um, <laughs> She's she's an incredibly calming demeanor that that just just galvanizes that group at the back. They're they're very stable. Um, she makes the saves she's supposed to make. She's very good with her feet for relieving pressure, and and she's been a kind of hallmark of of a good season thus far. And you know, hopefully, we're going to get more even from her and the rest of the team. You mentioned checking her for a pulse. It's an interesting dynamic <laughs> that you have between emotional leaders and then those laid back, you know, you want your goalie to, to, to be cool, calm, and collected. Do you like that balance you have, Coach, with, with those outspoken, fiery types and those that just kind of are a little bit more laid back and calm, cool, and collected with the personalities on this team? Without question. You know, she's that kind of Southern California dreaming, and she's, she's uh, very much uh, – manages the group in her own way without saying anything, if you like. And then we do have those emotional leaders. I think there's a, all the great teams that, you know, you, we've all had the privilege of seeing over the years. There's, there's almost a dysfunction to them in a good way, whereby you have all these different characters. And if you put those kind of characters together and connect them and engage them, then, then good things can happen. And we're obviously living a period where, we're seeing that come to fruition. You know, I've I've been real impressed with the way that you've used your depth. You've uh, you've had Rasha Roberts, you've used Shiloh Price, and you, you've kind of rotated people in and out of the lineup. I know that there's been some adversity so far this season, but coach, do you feel like you have a set number of players, or can that be a, 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 an evolving number of athletes that you could use in any any type of style, any kind of match that you end up in? Because I've been real impressed with the depth so far this season. Well, that's probably been a trademark of this season, you're correct. Um, we, we've got a lot of talent in our roster, and in their own ways, every player on our roster has the ability to contribute in a game. Our job is to try and put the right pieces out there at the right time. Um, you know, you've seen a, 
a group on Friday, then a different group on Sunday, and that's been atypical. So their goal, their their obviously their responsibility is to always be ready. You know, we don't talk too much about starters, non-starters. We talk about this group's got the responsibility of starting the game for us, and then we have difference makers or game changers coming in and out of the game at different periods of time. So that kind of collective commitment is is very, very important to our success. You know, we talk about anyone can give you a role, but if you see the limitations of the role, that's on you. Um, so there's always something you can do. You've talked about a little bit of the adversity that we've challenged, but now we've just challenged those players. They've just got a different seat. And what's been really exciting is how even not able to be part of the game, players like Karen Nelson, Kaylee Dow, have played an influential role from the sidelines. And and that is actually spurring the team on. So I'm, I'm really, really excited about the group. I'm enjoying the group. And, you know, I wish them nothing but the best because I'm very proud of them as a coach right now, but we still obviously got work to do. Yeah, I think the uh... – I love that line. Bruce Arians used it. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. So it's on those players to get out there and and uh, control their playing time. Now, with that said, it's it's kind of new for you when you look at that bench. And I know Brandy Vega's been around for uh, a couple of years now, but her first season as a full-time assi- uh, assistant. And then to have, to have Alexis working with your goalkeepers. Coach Potter, what's that adjustment been like for you with a bit of a new look on your bench and your staff? Well, I think, again, it's credit to the players. It's credit to those new staff members. Nobody's nobody's doing anything but, but doing the job that they're paid to do or doing or taking the responsibility on, and everybody's happy to celebrate each other, and that's, that's the working environment we have. We're all just pieces wanting the same thing and helping each other to accomplish it. So the staff, though, has done a very good job. You know, seamlessly we've transitioned from one to another, and, um, playing their role, and, and that's important. Our job is to to minimize the stress on our athletes, and, and they're doing a great job of that. So I'm really pleased about how everything's come together, if you like. But like I said, we're, we're, we're not at the finish line yet. We're, we're just over halfway, and, and we have to keep working hard. Matt Potter, head coach of the OU women's soccer team, joining us right now. Coach, before I let you run, let's talk a little bit about the week coming up and the weekend ahead. Go to Ames on Friday night for a matchup against Iowa State, and then obviously one of the preseason favorites, and they've lived up to it so far with West Virginia and Morgantown. Quite a challenge on the road these next couple of days, but hey, this team's been in challenging environments before, playing in Charlottesville, playing in Phoenix, playing out in Tucson, playing up in Tulsa. So tough road environments is nothing new to this group. Well, that's the reason we put together the type of schedule that we do to prepare us for these moments. The Big the Big 12 is an incredibly competitive conference. We're seeing that, you know, you just have to look at the results and the one-goal games and games going to overtime. It's kind of, you know, funny that, you know, the excitement of TCU and Texas in a great weekend, it's like, oh, my gosh, now we've got to go to Iowa State and West Virginia, which, you know, that's an incredibly challenging road trip regardless of the teams we're going to face. Both teams are playing very well. Um, the chance for us to pick up some RPI points, which is obviously important in the eyes of an NCAA committee. But but more importantly, you know, we've, we've been there, done that, and you know, hopefully we can handle the environment which allows us to perform. And if we can perform and compete, then we're capable of getting results. 
So a challenging weekend for Sooner Soccer as they are on the road, depending on when you are consuming the Sooner Sports Podcast tonight, if you're listening on a Friday morning, or tomorrow night, if you're listening on Thursday when this drops. Oklahoma will take on Iowa State, a tough Iowa State team. That'll be a kick at 7, start at 7 o'clock. And then this Sunday at 2 o'clock, you can watch Matt Potter's crew on ESPNU against West Virginia. Then back home next Friday, I'll be on the call on Soonersports.tv for the showdown against Baylor at 7 o'clock. As we wrap up today, basketball is right around the corner for both Sherry Cole's women's team and Lon Kruger's men's basketball team. Of course, big news this week as the Boom Squad shows their magic. The Oklahoma student tickets for the men's basketball team this year sold out. And, in fact, it happened in 24 hours. How awesome is that? Despite Buddy Heald being gone, despite Isaiah Cousins and Ryan Spangler having moved on, that excitement is still there as student tickets sold out in less than 24 hours. It was registered as the fastest in the Lon Kruger era. So bring back the Boom we had our own Jessica Cootie sit down and chat with Lon Kruger as we count down to the start of the men's basketball season. The returners know that their role will be different uh, when you lose such a good class and such a productive class in terms of minutes and points and, and rebounds and all that uh, there's opportunity for other guys to assume a lot bigger role, uh, a lot more challenging role, but they, they, they want that. Uh, sometimes it's careful what you wish for, but, but this group's worked hard. They've done a good job in the offseason. Uh, they've spent time individually, like uh, last year, last year's group did for sure and and this group followed that lead and, and excited to see them grow and develop and hopefully mature very quickly. This is the most new faces in a while that Sooner fans will see just with you know your, your freshmen and, and some of the guys that are coming in some of the walk-ons as well but then also some guys that haven't played as much that are going to get more opportunity. How did you feel like those guys kind of handled learning the system stepping into to the collegiate role as well? They've done a great job. They've done a really good job. Uh, you know, a guy that comes to mind, uh, obviously Christian James played a pretty significant role last year, you know, a good number of minutes. Uh, Richard Odom didn't so much in the conference play, but handled it great and continued to work. And now he's put himself in a position now as a sophomore to step into a lot bigger uh, major role. And, uh, and he's done a good job with that. And other guys as well. You know, Kadeem, of course, returning starter. Jordan Woodard, returning starter. They know what uh, is expected of them, and it's a big role. Jamonic um, McNeese, along with Christian, Played quite a bit as a freshman, and uh, now he'll be expected to step up as well, as will uh, several of the incoming freshmen. Kadeem was a guy that, you know, I've come up here a couple times for other stuff, and he was in the gym, uh, you know, much like we would see of Buddy and Isaiah and, and Ryan. Um, how much have you seen him grow? Because last year we saw him in kind of more of that defensive, you know, he was kind of called himself, you know, the junkyard dog down there, and, and now he's going to be looked to the score a little bit more. How is you, have you seen his game develop over the offseason? Uh, developed very well, and uh, probably uh, uh, he probably will be the surprise for the fans because he can really score. And he wasn't asked to do that very much last year. Didn't get as many opportunities to do that. But we'll be expecting him to probably he'll have the biggest change in role because he's going to continue to, to crowd the lane and, and contest shots and block shots. But in the offensive end, we expect to do a, a lot more of what he can do. He just hasn't been in a position to do that so much to this point. And Jordan Woodard, um, you know, the senior guy that's been around, uh, you know, moved to the two guard last year. Saw him the summer was playing back to the point a little bit. What's what do you see him kind of uh, kind of doing a little bit more this season in, in what position? A major role for sure, and, and certainly much more uh, of a role as a point guard. Uh, he may slide over occasionally depending on who else we have on the floor, but the majority of his minutes 
will be at the point. And uh, Jordan had a great junior year. And now uh, trying to prepare him uh, to understand that uh, he's now the pri priority target for the opposition scouting report. So he's got to be in even better condition. He's got to work even harder to uh, get as, as close to the looks as he got last year. Because he got a lot of those looks last year because of Isaiah, Ryan, Buddy around him. And we want him to have the same quality looks this year, but he's going to have to work even harder to get that. And as preseason starts, what do you need to see from him on the leadership front? He's got to step up. He's, uh, along with C.J. Cole, are two seniors. Uh, Kadeem and Darian Strong are two juniors. Everyone else, are, you know, they're freshmen, sophomores. So uh, he's got to step up and be more vocal and, and be more aggressive. And, uh, and he's done a good job of that to this point. And how do you kind of balance, I mean, what's going to be the different challenges being that you do have such a young team going into the preseason? Uh, how do you approach it as opposed to last season when you had such a veteran team? We've got to find that, that fine line where, uh, you know, we're, we're expecting a lot and yet promoting confidence. You know, we don't want to expect so much that they are just invited to fail. And yet we want to expect a, a fair amount where we're still challenging them to mature as quickly as possible. And, uh, and uh, our staff, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that a lot. We'll talk about a lot individually with the players and, and uh, keep their confidence level high and yet keep pushing them to, to take that next step. And speaking of your staff, how has the transition been? Again, when we talked to both of them, it was they were just getting their feet wet, just getting going now that they're kind of in the, in the flow of things and the rhythm. How, how it, how's it all been kind of working out for you guys? It's, it's gone very well. Uh, we, we, our staff had been together for a long time, you know, uh, prior to Steve Henson and Lou Hill getting head jobs, which is fantastic. That's what you want for all of your staff. And now with uh, Kevin and, and Carlin coming in, uh, Crutch has given them great leadership. Uh, Mike Shepard, of course, has been around a long time. Uh, we've got Will uh, uh, as a video guy now. So a lot, of, a lot of new guys in different roles on our staff as well, but, but they'll make the adjustment quickly. You have a very challenging non-conference schedule for your young guys. Uh, what do you, I mean, how do you prepare them for that in just, you know, a short month of preparation when you hit the ground running with, with such tough competition? The guys are aware of how tough it is, so we don't have to sell that very hard. Uh, what we have to do, is, as we do every year, is just get better each day and go and have our best practice we possibly can each day and make as much progress as we can each day and each week so that come that opening uh, day, we're as, as far along as we can be. And then, of course, opening day of conference play, we kind of that same theory, you know, during a non-conference, get better, improve, have fun competing, have fun uh, working and being great. And, uh, and this group will have a good attitude about that. And, uh, you know, the, with the non-conference, or the conference schedule just recently coming out, a lot of excitement surrounding that. Of course, Big 12 always challenging. Uh, but what are your expectations for this fan base, being that they were so supportive a year ago, moving into kind of a, again, a little bit different team that, that's been around? And, and what do you expect to see from them? The crowds have been great. They've grown every year. And they've, uh, last year, I thought, were as, as clearly as good as they've been. And we need to, to take the end of last year and use that as a starting point going forward because this will be a different team. But it'll be an equally enjoyable team to watch, I think, in terms of, you know, their effort's going to be good. Uh, they're going to play with enthusiasm. They're going to have fun playing. And just to see how quickly they can mature and develop and uh, become a team that can compete uh, at a high level in the Big 12 Conference will be uh, exciting to watch. What's your excitement level when you, uh, it's right around the corner when you get to hit the floor again? Every year it's, it's different because uh, Every team is a little bit unique. Uh, even the last couple of years, even though they've been kind of the same players, their level of expectation 
was different going into the last couple of years and certainly last year uh, for sure. Uh, this group will have a, a different level of expectations, a different starting point, but it'll be fun uh, to watch them uh, with their eagerness and their enthusiasm and their energy uh, try, to, try to get to that point where the, the team last year was. Next week on the Sooner Sports Podcast, Jess sits down with Sherry Cole as we talk women's basketball. I'll tell you what, I am excited for what Coach Cole has coming up this year. It could be a very special season for women's basketball. I'd like to thank our guest, a very busy guest list on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Thanks to Jimmy Birch for joining us, beat writer for the TCU Horn Frogs for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Thanks to Matt Potter, seven straight wins for the soccer squad. And thanks to Jess and Lon Kruger talking basketball. Everyone have a great week. Enjoy the OU-TCU broadcast. This has been the tailgate, brought to you in part by Allstate and the Riverwind Resort. The Riverwind Resort, fine dining, top-name concerts, home to a luxury hotel, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Everyone have a great game day. We'll be back on Monday with the refresher, Tuesday with Toby's game plan, and then on Thursday I'll return with the tailgate right here on the Sooner Podcast Network. Until then, everyone have a great week and a boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the Air.